Hello, everyone, and welcome to our journey from we to me. I am one of your co-hosts, Shug. Hi, and I'm Warren. Thanks for being here today. We really appreciate it. We do. And as you see, it's just you and I, Warren. Just uh, just us, back to the way it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> back to the good old days, whatever that is, right. right? You know, which is interesting because we've had this podcast now for what, about two months or so. Yep. And we've had some really good guests. And it's obvious that you and I are very different racially, gender, and everything. And yep. yet we've touched on that. Well, let's kind of go into it just a little bit. Okay. And maybe not dispel, but just talk about your experiences being a white male. Were you always in Connecticut? Always. Yep. Born and raised. So within like 25 miles of, yep, always. Okay. So uh, white male in Connecticut, what was your experience with divorce? And then I'll talk about my experience, you know, being born and raised in Baltimore and then moving to South Carolina in 88. So I'm going to sit back and let you have, I'm going to put my (laughs) mic down so I don't cut you off. Before that, my daughter always says, can you stop cutting him off? (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, it was, um, it's a cultural thing for me, right? So uh, later in life, people kind of judge you as, We've stuck it out this long. Why can't you just stick it out the rest of the way? And and my comment was because from here until the end, we we all deserve to be happy. Yes. And so to continue to be unhappy for that long, you really aren't doing anybody any favors. You're not doing yourself any favors. You're not doing your partner any favors. You're not doing your family any favors. So you know what? You you have to make the decision where it's going to be painful and there's healing for everyone, but it's really the right path. Having said that, being raised Jewish, there's, there's also that side of the equation, right? So it's, my family is very religious. I'm not. So that was all, that was, you know, a a bit of contention that, that I'm not. Um, My ex was Catholic. So that raised a concern, right? Right. So, oh my God, you know, mixed marriage, first one, I think in the family. Um, And so then it comes down to not only mixed marriage, but then you have to consider how are you raising your kids? Are you going to raise them Jewish, Catholic? Are you going to let them decide, right? So you you have to build all that in. Um, And then as you go forward, the interesting dynamic of all this was, once I got past the religious side and, and, you know, started really focusing on the divorce aspect, what I started to hear from family members was, well, you know, this, these people really should have gotten divorced and these people really should have gotten divorced. And it was almost at a whisper pace, right? Like it's like, it's a bad thing and we don't want to really talk about it, but you know, your aunt and uncle or, you know, these people, they, they really should have done it a long time ago, but it was a cultural thing, right? So back in the day, it was really frowned upon. And so they stuck it out, but you could see the impact, right? And their kids, you know, their kids didn't get divorced. They've been together. They've been through a lot together, but it was, it was the knowing how uncomfortable they were together and knowing how unhappy they were together and allowing that to be okay and allowing that to be the norm i found it to be difficult and and so you're sitting there and you know these people don't even like each other right and and even 
today with, with my current relationship, there's people on that side of the family where you know these people are miserable, but neither of them wants to take that step. That's fine. Everyone has the, you know, the right to, to choose how they want to move forward. But for me, I just did it. And what I'm finding is that now there's, there is to some degree uh, acceptance. Yeah, you know what? We really know how you guys were and you look so, and that the, the main thing is you look so happy now, yeah. right? We haven't seen yeah. you this happy in a long time and we're so happy that you're happy. A year or two years ago, I was like, you know what? Maybe you should try to stick it out. You know what? It's best for the kid. So it, it's interesting to see yeah. the dynamic though, where people are trying to keep you in something, but once you end it, yes, they realized and it it's not even gradual. It's like a light switch. It's like you went from this shell of a person to this person, and they're going, huh? You know what? Maybe. What if? And and so. I've got friends that have come to me privately and said, I needed to see what you did because I, I need to do that step, but I didn't have the courage to do it. I was, you know, I, I was terrified of it. You've shown me that it's okay and, and it can be okay. And so divorce is, is such a, a give and take and it's such a ebb and flow because you, there's so many dynamics to it. For me, I think the biggest thing was just the cultural thing and the age thing. Those two played in because, again, you raised your two boys, you've been together for you know 30 plus years. Can't you figure it out? Well, if I thought I could figure it out, I wouldn't do it, right? I mean, let, let, let's be honest. It, you, no one wants to be in this situation, but when when the reality strikes and it's so hard, right? It's, it, it's like I always say, it's the second hardest decision I ever had to make in my life. But I also know it was the right decision because there's never been a day of regret. There's never been a day that I sit back and question my decision. And so I don't know that everybody experiences that. And I don't know, if, but again, it, it's how people heal. And it's where you are in that healing process. For me, I knew I was in such a bad place. There wasn't an alternative. Right. There really wasn't. And so it that plays huge in, into how you do things. And then you see how people step up or walk away. And that, you know, we've talked about that too, where people will either come to the top or they'll just fade away. And it's so hard to, to manage that. And I think if I can give anyone words of advice, it's be prepared for the unknown because you can't, you don't necessarily yeah, know. That. No, I'm just kidding. I know. No, I know. For me, I never expected certain friends to just walk away. And that's almost harder than going through the divorce because it's, it's almost like, as much as divorce could be seen as betrayal, when you lose friends over it, that's to me the ultimate betrayal where you've known people for years and years and years in an instant, a decision you make that has no impact on them at all, really. 
they make a decision. We could still be friends. There's no reason we can't still be friends. You decided that culturally, religiously, you know, divorce is is seen as as a bad thing in in most religions. And so when you are, when you are religious, and then you see that as a bad, you know, you, you make the decision to walk away, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But, and so when I talk about the unknowns, it's, it's, when you expect certain things or you think certain things are going to go a different way and they completely go 180 degrees, that is that unknown that you have to understand and try to comprehend and then figure out what you're going to do. So there's so many dynamics to it, but yeah, I, I think age, culture, and then where we are today versus where people were 30 years ago, right? So people 30 years ago was it was just, it was so taboo. Yes. And now it's much more accepted and you have to kind of find that sweet spot. So that's kind of, for me was, it was um, religion, it was culture and it was generational, all kind of played into how I managed it, where I am, how people accepted it or didn't. And it really kind of all came together. And it's, it's not only healing for me, but it's healing for the people that were impacted by it, right? So cousins and aunts and uncles and how they perceive you. And, and, I'll, and I'll be perfectly honest. When my sister got divorced, they all, all my cousins stepped up. What do you, can, do you need money? Do you need a place to live? They were great. They were phenomenal for her. For me, I, silence. You're the guy, you initiate it, you get nothing. Oh, okay, that's fine. So even even male female play, play, plays in, into the perception and the um, acceptance of divorce. That was my side. So you know, now now we'd love to hear about your side of the equation. Well, before we get, can you hear me? I don't. Yeah, see, I can. Okay. Yeah. I don't see my little uh, green thing going. Okay, and I'm glad that you kind of ended with that because I wanted to ask you ended with that it's. Society, family kind of caters towards the woman more. Let me expand that just a little bit more. Do you think, and you said culturally, which are, what about as it pertains to just the white male period, as far as marriage? Do you feel that there's some pressure that society puts on you, that culture puts on you specifically because you are a white male that you're supposed to just tough it out? I think. If you're younger, yes, because I think if you have kids that are in school and you show up at school for parent teacher for an activity, oh, there's the, there's the divorce guy. He left, you know, and why, right? So there's all that kind of speculation. Mm-hmm. Did he leave her for somebody else? You know, what what's going on with him? But for me, later in life, where where my kids really weren't part of the equation, I don't think it mattered as much. So I think it's not so much. I don't think it's much white, black, and in, in from a guy's perspective necessarily as age. I think if I were younger, I would absolutely be under the microscope more than I was. So that's how I kind of, that's just my, my perception right. of it. 
And that's why we're here because it's, it's what we speak is just our truth. And that's yeah. why we want to be truthful. So our listeners and our viewers can say, either have an opinion because that's how the community grows and that's how the conversation grows. Right, absolutely. When it comes to race with anything, it's always a, a, a bit touchy. You know, no one yep. wants to go there. Yet we went there by simple fact that we have a partnership, you know? Exactly, absolutely. I mean, did we knew of course you're white on black you're male. I mean, it wasn't like you know like you buy a house you know by blind never seeing it I mean, we knew you knew that i was cra- you know you knew my character right and absolutely I mean, that's the thing though i said because we knew each other's character yeah and 100 had, had spent enough time virtually to yes. know that if i'm going to go into partnership and it expands the fact that, yes, we know that there's disparities as it pertains to race with everything divorce. Everything, yeah. The mission, it far exceeds race. Because if 100%. you're struggling through divorce, whether you asked for it or not, it doesn't matter whether you're black, white, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The circumstances, of course, we know. Right, that yes. Ability to maybe bounce back, Yes, that matters. Yes. Those disparity. Yes. However, that pain, that pain is pain. Pain is pain. Put that out there when we thought about this partnership. And yeah, you know, maybe I considered people will say, oh, you know, Suge, why did you partner with him? That was not even the question. Right. And the answer was, if anyone dare to ask me that, (laughs) the mission, like I said, far exceeds race. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and I think quite honestly, it, it helps to bridge it, right? Because we, we have a bond, mm-hmm. not just of divorce, right. but we relate on so many different levels. Right. And so I think it's important for people to see that, you know, especially you know, today, it, it's as crazy as the world is. This is an important thing where we can give our perspectives and we are and we are very different and a lot of different but we're also <laughs> so incredibly similar that it's a beautiful thing i mean i uh, this is to me is is really a blessing that we can do this it is and it just do it unafraid so um as i, I came from a family of divorce um, my mom and dad were divorced i think when i was about six yet i always and still to this day believe in the sanctity of marriage i just do yeah. um, so they will always, though, come together as a family, even to this day, if we were having family gatherings, my right, mom and yeah. dad would still be there because they always made this a point. And I said this yesterday when I was um, interviewing with someone that the kids come first, the kids decide to divorce. Right. And so even though my example of marriage with my mom and dad was from divorce, it was still one of commitment to us. Yep. To, to the kids, yes. Right. Even though they were no longer committed to each other, ensuring that we had the best that they could offer. And I yep. always felt loved. So right. that was my experience with it, you know, with divorce. Yep. And of course, you know, I was married the first time, which uh, was about six years or three years or whatever. And, you know, that that's a whole nother issue for a whole nother, whole nother <laughs> show. And then I was raised in Maryland. And I'm, I'm trying to see, and because my family was basically a family of divorce. It's the truth. 
yet I knew when I married, I wouldn't marry for the right reasons. And not mm-hmm. saying that they didn't, you know, not saying right. that. Yeah. I just believe that when I would m- marry again, that it would be long lasting. And it was. Yes. Yep. I think along the way, when I decided to finally even separate, because it took, you know, separation was like five years. Yep. I had a few close friends that I was able to talk to and all my friends were married. I'm trying to even think. I had a few acquaintances that were divorced. However, if we're talking about my immediate circle, of course I was married. So I hung with married people, you know, didn't want to- People, yeah. That might be a whole nother, I'd probably be divorced sooner. um, (laughs) So all of my friends were married and I had a good friend. And finally, when I had made that decision to separate, I did- reach out to her. I, yeah. I first heard my, told my family and of course they were shocked. Are you kidding? Right. Anna and you know, no way. I mean, they, we, no we way. pretty decent house. We had been vacationing. Everything was about the kids. Of course we had financial issues. However, we never displayed any kind of right. marital issues. And I never really verbal, I did like frustrations, you know, like, yeah. I'm sure, you know, your, your um, wives call their mothers or their girlfriends and they're bitching and complaining about the spouse or whatever. Other than that, yes. However, I, I'm unsure if they really understood the magnitude of how it was. The underlying, doing. yeah. Yes, because yeah. that's just, you know, maybe she's a little high strong today, you know, she's kind of dramatic. <laughs> Maybe that's what they were thinking. So when I finally said, hey, I'm, I'm moving out. I mean, everybody, can you work it out? I mean, he's such a good man. And, you know, all of those things that come with you telling anyone that has been a witness to your union that you two are separating and or getting a divorce. Natural. Unless there's abuse or something. Are you on? Oh, you're on mute. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> not, not that you needed to talk with <laughs> This is why Warren and I just get along. It's just free flowing. I mean, so, okay. Other than that, we were in the church, very active in the church. Yet before all of this, we started going, I started, it's interesting because I started going to another church with my son because, you know, he said he needed a different environment. And so my husband didn't come with me. And just, you know, as I have, and I know you say you don't have regrets. I don't necessarily have regrets, but along the way I have revelations. Yep. I just say, you know, if I would have, should have, could have, you know, I don't. Oh, oh, I have that. Yes. 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 We have that with everything. We buy a car and we're like, oh my gosh, we see another car. If I would have, should I (laughs) just so. Yeah. I wondered if we had a, if we had a followed the path together, if things would have been different. Who knows? Oh, th- th- yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. And, and like I said, you know, for me, blogging has been very therapeutic because I, I kind of going in, in myself and, and replaying things in my mind. And I think we may have talked about the last time that for me, the biggest thing was I didn't want to rock the boat. So I would never fight and I would just hold things in. And had I not done that had I been very vocal had we had those conversations as difficult as they may have been we may have been able to get past the issue figure it out and maybe we would still be married so for so long I said you know the majority of the problem was her and it wasn't me 
But as you step back and you allow yourself to be honest with yourself, and that's, I think, the real key to healing is being honest with yourself and taking ownership and responsibility for what you did wrong. Because you might think you didn't do anything wrong, but then as you kind of circle back and allow yourself to kind of, as you say, play it back. What if I got the leather instead of the, you know, whatever in the car, it's the same thing with your marriage. Same thing. Woulda, shoulda, coulda, but I'm not going to use that as an attempt to go back to the relationship. No. I mean, that's, that's the other side of it. Even though I knew I screwed up and probably led, you know, to to the divorce. Sure. All that's teaching me is when it could in the next relationship, here's what you don't do mm-hmm. and here's what you do. And if you have to have those difficult conversations, have, have them have because them. the the downside of not is so much worse. And, and you might be mad at your partner for a day or two days or a week. It's better than breaking up because you didn't have those conversations. So I, I think through everything, um, take the time to reflect and be honest with yourself and take responsibility when you didn't think that maybe there was responsibility because it will make you a better person. Oh, you're giving away next week's show. Oh, I am a little bit. Yes, you are. Oh, that made that way they'll stay tuned. Cause you know, I'm in and say something. I said, (laughs) hold back until next week. Yeah, but that does all play into as you know, I'm moving towards divorce. Yes, it did play the blame. And as I was moving towards that, you're right. I did blame him. If he yep. would have been a little more firmer, if he would have stopped me when I was driving down the train and the, he knew the train was going, if he would, you're right. So that plays into, and I'm unsure whether that satisfied a part of my decision to finally divorce, yet it takes a a long time or it takes a lot of work for you yes. to be on yourself. And you said two times the key word, allow yourself. You have to allow yourself. You have to be intentional about it because yes. it is our nature when those things come up to suppress them or easily deflect them to someone else. Yeah. And so, you know, as we're going through, finally going through divorce, I think I only counseled a couple of people. I wasn't necessarily going to the church that we were originally going to as a family. So mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily have to address them. I didn't have to, you know, address them with their, oh, well, why are you in Clint? Why are you and your husband coming, you know, at different times? Yeah. So I was relieved of that. Right. Yet I found that when I went to Facebook, it was obvious that when I was posting, it was just me, it was me and the kids, it was a quote or something, that there's no connection. Right. So who did I think I was fooling for a yeah. long time? I, time. I, I thought that I was fooling people. Probably I still think I'm fooling people to this day. Yep. And then now, even now, I, I'm a little, because I have, you know, my Facebook page and then I have authentically Shug. So it's like, oh, don't post that on that, post it on this. And I said, Rana. Why? Yeah. This is the one time that I've got to speak to myself instead of Suge, you know, Suge, I can play around. (laughs) You have got to own this all the way. Yet I think it takes time, you know, because the divorce was just final, even though 2015, just final last Monday, February the 1st. So as I'm going through, you know, little support because my friends were as supportive as they could be. Yeah. A divorce, a married person, 
is unable to understand a divorced person's journey. I will say that again. Seriously, 100%. They may be unhappy in their marriage. And so my friends or whatever can maybe express their unhappiness. However, it's taking the unhappiness that I had, going to and actually doing something about it. About it therapy or, you know, divorce. So even though they can be sympathetic, only yep. another divorced person can be empathetic. And they can't understand your courage. No. That married people cannot understand the courage it takes to take the step to be happy. And- Or foolishness. <laughs> but no, no, it's courage. You know, some people may call it foolish, but you're right. It takes a lot of courage. It does. There's, there's very few things in life that take as much courage as ending something, that bond, breaking that bond that you had for a long time. And if you're married two years or five years, it's one thing. When you're married 30 years and you've been together 35, to, to make that decision, A, it's not a random decision. It takes a lot of thought. It takes a lot of Yes, it does. Soul searching and, and understanding the implications. And, and the reality is you, you don't even understand all the implications when you're going through this because the reality is once yeah. once you're in that process and when the process ends, there's this whole new list of things. But to take but to have the courage to say, I need to do this for me, or I need to do this for the kids. I need to do this for all of us. And I think that's the other side of it is you're not just being courageous for yourself. You're being courageous for your ex because you're helping them to move forward as well. And they might not want to move forward. They might say, oh, don't. But at the end of the day, when it breaks and that divorce is done and they realize that they can really rewrite the next chapter of their life however they want. Yeah, you, you're, you've done something good for them. And again, that healing for your partner you have no control over it. No, no, you can no. only hope that they take the same path of figuring out happiness that you did. Mm -hmm. But in reality, you're actually being courageous for not just for yourself, but for everybody you're impacting. And it, it, it's hard. It's really, really hard. And it, it takes a while. And like I always stress, because you and I both were the ones who asked for the divorce. Yep. And I always want to kind of preference that and the people who follow us already know that. Our, as our new listeners are coming in, as we expand, just to let them know, you know, we're both late in life for divorces. And we both, you know, as we talked about things in common, we had those things in common. Yeah. You your experience where you had at the beach, where you had time to deal with it. I had my time over time. And so for us, by the time we went and asked for it, we were at a better point that we could stand there and yes. ask for it and uncertain of... Un what was the response? We had, I had no idea. Oh, right. I mean, and you know, you wonder now, I mean, let's just hypothetically, what if that person had fallen apart? I just wonder if my response might've been different. And I want, I want to bring this point even before we end. I know that we were late in lifers. We were the ones who went, you know, because it was a sense of maybe more unhappiness than anything, which makes it a little, um, Otter, maybe because we had toughened it out that long, you know, that long, out that right? long. and then to leave for no specific reason other than you're just 
unhappy in a sense. You know, I had to grapple with that for a minute. I mean, there was no abuse or anything like that. Yes, we had issues that we were able to maybe overcome. Maybe we were unable to overcome, which is why we ended in divorce. However, when you think about the grand scheme of things, I had to, during that time, as I'm dealing with divorce, um, you know, because that's how we just deal with it racially, I'm unsure whether, as we said, that matters. Um, I do, though, want to say something racially as it matters when you're talking about men, and I gave that frame of he was not abusive. There was that uh, question of how do you leave a good man? And that's something that kind of um, is in the Black community when it comes to divorce, Okay, that's probably one of the phrases that rang true to me. And even though my family didn't directly say it in their questioning, that's what they were saying. I mean, he's good. Like, what the hell are you saying? You're not if like he's and he is good as if he's like the cream of the crop. It's like you don't have him, honey. You ain't getting nobody. Yet that may, that is some of the pressure. And I'm speaking that for my truth in the black community, some of the pressure, you know, he's good enough. He's working. He ain't not here with a whole lot of women yet. I still had to own my truth. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And it was interesting, Warren, that the other day I posted that 69, according to a 2015 study, 69% of um, divorces were initiated by women. And another study says that black women were the only group that had a higher divorce rate than than marriage. Than wow. any other, yeah, that was just interesting. I may wanna delve into that, you know, maybe historically, if we're talking about culturally, you know, yep. we go all the way back. The way. Yeah. Women have just, you know, have been conditioned to just stand strong. Stand strong. That maybe yeah. we need a good man, you know. <laughs> I want a man, you know. I want a good, but so I think, you know, a lot of that is embedded in yeah. all of that. And um, you know, I'm just so glad that we could have this conversation, that we finally had this conversation. Conversation. Now this is a, this is an important one. Yeah. And um it I, I hope people can take away that there are a lot of circumstances that need to come into account. Um but I think you also need to be honest with yourself. I think if, if one thing that you need to do is really look at the big picture, really be honest with yourself. You know, people talk about it, where do you see yourself being in five years? That whether it's, whether it's work or life, whatever. Um, and if you don't see yourself happy in five years, if you don't see yourself happy next month, then you know what, it, it, it's hard, but really, Take stock in who you are, take stock in where you've come from, take stock in, in the whole picture of, of your life and do what's right for you. I mean, it, 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 I think it comes down to just doing the right thing for yourself. It varies. Yet happiness is elusive. And I'll leave it at that. You know? Yep. Absolutely. It's fleeting. It's fleeting. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but I know the point you're making. You know, I always yep. have to put my shook stamp on it. <laughs> we would like to thank everyone who has tuned in, who has viewed in, in our next segment to get them all pumped up, even though Warren's already gave up a little bit. The cookies <laughs> is the blame game. Because I, I think that is important because we touched on that. And yeah. when you don't have those obvious things and, you know, those arguments, I can tell you, I never had an argument with my husband. Never. I, I didn't either. And that's a huge problem. <laughs> that's a, 
that is a, and we can, That's we'll it. talk about it next time, but not having an argument is a huge problem. It is because, I, okay, I remember my counselor uh, looking at my husband and, and then pointing at me and says, this woman is cussable. You mean you've never, <laughs> you know, so yes. That's yeah. another thing to the blame game. And oh, yes, we've got so much content. Until the <laughs> next time, everybody, be well and stay healthy. Bye. Thanks so much for being here. Bye. Bye.